Do you remember we talked with a very excited audiologist, hopeful, who was waiting to hear about her doctoral program? We are back with her again today, and we're going to have some updates. Welcome to the Missing Link for SLPs podcast. I'm glad you're here. Remember what it was like back in graduate school, or maybe you still are in grad school. Today's episode is part of the CSD Graduate Students Journey Series. In this series, I talk to students who are either in school or fresh into their clinical fellowship year. We talk and cover real subjects like how to get into graduate school, how to find and prepare for a medical internship, thoughts on teletherapy from a student's perspective, and lots more. Get ready for some real conversations with SLP students who are at the very beginning of their careers. We are back, back, back with Miss Jordan. So we are excited to hear what you have been doing between episode 42, when we first heard you, and 47, where we are now. What have you been up to and how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, things have been really busy. I am currently working on a few projects with the Future Professionals Committee for MNCHA, which is the Minnesota Speech Language Hearing Association. Um, and we have some great projects in the works and I'm very excited because they will be very immersive and other students and professionals will be collaborating to give lots of great information. Sounds like you're keeping busy. Absolutely. So bring us up to speed on your timeline. You finished grad, uh, undergraduate in December. You're waiting to get into graduate school. Have you heard yet? Um, so I actually have three interviews lined up out of my five schools. So I'm only waiting to hear back from two. Um, so I have those coming up in mid-February. So lots of preparation is being done. Lots of mock interviews with my roommates who have been very patient. Um, and so I am very excited for those. We are starting, you know, I run a membership site and we are gearing it down more towards students and we're going to be arranging some, just some breakouts where students can practice one-on-one -on -one interviews with each other, which is going to be super cool. So you don't have to ask again for, you know, your roommate. The interviewing is so important, especially in the virtual setting, because if you have really positive energy like you do or or not positive, you know, whatever it is, you've got to navigate these parameters in a virtual setting. So exciting. You'll have to come back on in February and let us know how those went. Oh my goodness, I would love to do that. And that's something that I really appreciate um, is that there are platforms such as this where students are able to come and get that information. I think so often, um, you know, we get stressed and we say, oh, I have to do all of this research for interviews and how do I conduct myself and what will the questions be? And I think we want to be so prepared to make sure that it's successful, that we forget to just practice and be ourselves. Mm -hmm. But what a great way to have other students be able to prepare them with each other. You know, we are in the same process. We understand that there's a lot riding on this. It's our passion. It's our future. This is something that we love to do. Um, and I think we're also a lot more comfortable with our fellow students and our fellow cohorts. And so I think that will definitely bring out our personalities a lot more. 
and you can collaborate on to do what not to do. I have a guest coming on pretty well, a little week, little ways out yet because I have a lot of guests lined up, but she's going to come and talk to us on what went wrong with her interview. So we can, we can learn from that. And as tender as that moment, I'm sure was, we appreciate her bravery stepping up and your bravery being vulnerable with us today. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's something that a lot of students would like to hear as well. Um, You know, and we don't see that in a negative light at all. I think um, sometimes you have to step over the line or make those mistakes to know where they are and to know how to avoid them in the future or how to be better. And so it's really helpful for us students to be able to hear that perspective. Um, And I speak for myself when I say I am so grateful um, that there are professionals like that and students like that who are willing to come on here and share their experiences because I think it helps future professionals. It definitely does. And it makes the world just a better place. I do rainbows and puppies and (laughs) all of those good (laughs) things in life. So um, it is what end of January right now you've got interviews coming up in a couple of weeks we'll hear about those what specific things um, have you been doing to prepare for the interviews other than practicing with your uh, roommates where have you gone to find out how to do things Absolutely. So I have actually been having video conferences with some of the professionals and some of the doctors who will actually be conducting the interviews. I have conducted a lot of research on who they are, what their background is, um, what they have done as far as research goes, what their specialties are, just because um, like they want to know me, their audience, and they have studied my application. I feel it's important that I need to know who my audience is as well. Not so that I can, I think, tailor my answers to that, but so that we can have a genuine connection with one another during that interview. Um, And I have also been writing down a list of goals for myself. So these are things that I want to remain true to myself. I don't want to provide answers that are well rehearsed, things that sound fake. I want to make sure that my passion shows through um, for what I'm doing and what I love to do. Um, And so those have been two things that I have been focusing on. Um, A big thing is interviews because I'm somebody who gets nervous. (laughs) So you might be able to see me use a lot of my hands in conversation or my voice will shake sometimes, or I will use filler words such as, um, so I've actually been sitting on my floor (laughs) in my living room and I have been practicing breathing and just remaining calm Um, And I think that's a big thing for me because it's okay to be silent. And I realize that sometimes I'm not okay sitting in my own silence and thinking about things um, before I respond in a way that I know is true to myself and true to what I want them to know about me. So that's been a big thing for me is a lot of introspection. Sounds like you're being very intentional with your interview skills that you're developing. Have you read anything about some of the questions that you might have? I have, yes. So I actually did a lot of research on this and something great that I came across is the Student Academy of Audiology or the SAA. I know that a lot of doctoral programs and colleges will have a chapter, such as we had a NISLA chapter in our undergrad. Um, And so the SAA, like Mincha and other chapters is a great resource. Um, And I did read a list of interview questions. And so they actually lay it out really nicely. 
and they say these are a list of general interview questions that you might experience. They can be tailored a little bit depending on where you go. But I think it was also for me a list, a to-do list. So I created a list. And some of the questions were, how would you manage conflict if you were to be involved in a situation where that was happening? And how have you done that in the past? Another question that they might ask you is, why do you want to come to our program? They know the obvious things, right? Because they've read the letter of intent and they've seen, you know, your GPA and your attention um, to coming to their university. They know you want into their doctorate program because that's why you're applying. But what they don't know is why you chose that college out of the hundreds others across the country. And I think that's where you get to be personal with it. You know, they, they've seen your grades and they know your GPA and they know you're a good student. They know you've graduated. But now what they want to see is what your passion is. Do you want to be um, a student who works with cochlear implant patients? Do you want to be um, an audiologist who travels, who works primarily on rehabilitation or habilitation? Do you want to work with younger generations or um, maybe an older population? And so I think I've kind of been thinking, looking at these questions on the SAA website. And I've also even researched YouTube videos. There are some great SLP and audiology students who are in the midst of applying who will actually put their own personal experiences on YouTube, which I think is another great platform aside from podcasts, because now I get to see a student telling me um, in real time or on a recorded video what it was like for them. You and I are both, I have an interview for my doctoral program coming up on Monday at 3 p.m. I'm excited. I'm not really too nervous about it, but I am excited about it because like you, I believe in what we're doing and where we're going. And the interview has that opportunity to let that personality shine through. Absolutely. Well, I do want to say congratulations. That is a very exciting step. And um, I think you will be great in the interview process. It was really helpful for me, I think, to go through my undergraduate with you because the passion that you have and the love for teaching us to have the same for our field is so contagious. And I think kindness in the world, it only takes one person to make one small step and then it spreads like wildfire and it's just beautiful. Um, and so I hope you do well in the interview process and maybe we can share some tips here today <laughs> on how we get through. Right. By, when we call you back on, when you come back on, we both will have been through our interviews. And so we'll, we'll have to say how it went. Absolutely. That'll be fun. I have, um, I'm going to turn around for just a minute. I'm sitting, let's see, there's a quote I there's a quote I have in here, and it says, when words and deeds are, are both kind, they can change the world. And so that's, I guess, epitomizes why I do what I do. I want, in my small little corner, change the world. And understanding why you're going into your profession and, and what your objectives are and making sure they line up with who you are as a human being is important. Absolutely. You know, um, this is a very popular saying, but they say when you love what you do, um, you're not working a day in your life. It doesn't feel like something that is forced. Um, and that's the beautiful thing is even though we're going through this long process of applying and interviews and being accepted, you know, and possibly going through a few more years of school, um, 
we're sacrificing our time for a lifetime of love and passion and service to others who are going to then go and spread that. Um, and just knowing that you've made a change in somebody's world, even if it's just a small drop in a big pond, um, you know, there's that ripple effect. And another thing about you and I, you know, we're definitely of different generations. Um, I've got a few years on you, wink, wink. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I'm, people say, well, you know, you're just going to waste all your time because I'm more towards the end of my career. And I stepped into this career, I'm, I'm stepping into the doctoral program because I stepped out of many years of a clinical practice, loving what I do, stepped into the academic setting. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to share my stories and the students are going to love me and they're going to learn and everything's just going to be great. And it didn't roll out that way. I learned that there's a skill, uh, there's a skill to teaching. And I greatly admire my colleagues like Dr. Janet Chilstra, who just won a Minnesota award for her academic um, teaching. I mean, she's amazing. That's what I want to be. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all hopefully have years in front of us. And so we're not wasting time when we pursue our dreams. We are being intentional and proactive with how we want our lives to go and the story that we want to write for each chapter that unfolds in front of us. So even though I am older, I'm passionate about my platform or my angle is going to be the, the clinic, the classroom to clinic connection. How do I help students take what they've learned in the classroom and apply it in the clinic across all of the, you know, all of the things, whether it's the clinical skills or the professional skills. But this podcast is about you. I don't learn when I talk about me. I want to learn from you. So we're going to turn it back to you. How do you, what are, what are your views on the impact that the pandemic has had on us? Yes. So there has been a lot happening with that, um, especially in our field, because we are in a very hands-on field, whether you are in speech language pathology or audiology, we are very interactive with our patients. That is how we determine progress. And that is how we assess um, what needs to um, change and what needs to become better and what we're going to do about it. And so now when we've moved on to this virtual platform, as you mentioned, we are all learning a completely new way. Um, of interacting with one another. And I think that's important, especially when you're interacting with patients, but also when you're interviewing for important positions. So because this is such an ongoing um, issue, this pandemic, um, that seems to be never ending, but we will get there. I think all of us are kind of in this transition period where we're figuring out how to um, read one another's attentions when we are in a Zoom meeting, how we are going to um, get to know one another and how we're going to make that connection virtually. And so whether that be on Zoom or an online school platform, I think everybody is in the midst of kind of making this transition and it's awkward for all of us. Let's be real, you know, this is, this is a time to learn, but that's the beautiful thing is that in our field, it's continuing education, even about the small things we can still be successful with our patients and make those lifelong connections with them, even if it's online and virtual. Um, and so that's the great thing is that it's constantly evolving. Um, and I even think that teletherapy might be something that we'll utilize in the future, even when we're able to go back into a um, close personal in-room setting. 
I agree. And virtual learning, I think, is going to continue as well. Absolutely. And what a great way as well for, I think, students and teachers to find their voice. I think sometimes it's comfortable when we learn our way in a classroom. I mean, I have been in a classroom now for more than 16 years <laughs> and I'm going, you know, for another four, which will be almost two decades interacting in a close space with my peers and my professors. And so for us to go to a virtual learning setting, I think students now have to be more open about what we need. And I think there's a lot more leniency. And I think we're all trying to find this ebb and flow and this balance of what our professors are able to do virtually for us, providing us resources, um, speaking with us face-to-face -face time, um, virtually for, you know, um, office hours, things like that. It really is more of a collaboration almost than it even would be in person because now both of us are having to say, we're having this collective issue. Students can help professors, you know, learn how to transition and professors help us as well. And I think even though we struggle with it, it's been a really great transition for me and I feel like a lot of my cohort as well. Excellent. I like the I like the mind frame mindset on that. That's great. Tell us how you balance a full-time job with school and how you stay organized. So I am a very disorganized person. I will be honest and disclose that right off the bat. And it's taken a lot of work and a lot of money spent on different products to try and become organized, but I realized that it really is more about the mindset that I have. And so I've worked a lot actually on blocking. So what I did first was I spoke with my job um, when I was an undergrad and I said, I am in a full-time position. So the job that I wanted to do and that I'm currently in requires me to be at work eight hours a day for five days a week, sometimes on the weekends. And the weekends were always my designated days to complete homework. They would be the days I would stay at home and get everything done. But I started to realize that that wasn't good for my mental health and I was starting to be burned out a little bit. And so I spoke with my job and I wrote down a list of priorities. What do you need from me? What is it going to take from me? How much time, how much energy, um, how much of my space am I going to have to give up? Am I going to have to work from home? And this mindset of I live at home, I rest at home, and I work at home. So that was a tough mental balance for me for a little while. And then I also spoke with my professors and I said, how many hours a week am I going to need to spend on homework or projects? How often will I need to collaborate with my peers? And so then I wrote a list of both. And I tried to find a balance and I ended up telling my job, I said, I need to reduce my hours. I love what I do. And, you know, there's this pressure to put a roof over my head, pay tuition, um, go out and volunteer, make sure I'm getting, um, you know, all of my hours, my observation hours done for class. And it was a struggle at first, but I began to write in a planner. I actually have a whiteboard right above my head on this wall up here. Um, that I block out time. I say, this is going to be my rest day. I will circle days when I know that things are due. Um, and so I have designated days to get certain assignments done, certain volunteering done, um, certain projects that we're doing for Mincha. And so I've really taken time to kind of assess what all of the responsibilities need from me. And that way I can kind of block out certain days and times to get those done. Uh, would you be willing to take a picture of that whiteboard 
take off all the identifying information and send it yes. and we'll put it on our show notes. And would you also send a list of those interview questions that you've compiled? Oh, absolutely. I would love to. Um, and all of these ideas that I'm speaking about, some were my own, but some of these were mm-hmm. ideas that I had gotten from talking to other students, from professors. Um, and I learned to be vulnerable too. I learned to admit that I didn't know how to organize my time very well. And I wanted to get better because I knew that's what would be required to give myself peace of mind um, and to do as good as I wanted to do, whether that was in school or at my job. So I will definitely get those sent over to you. That would be great. And we'll put them um, for free on the downloads. Perfect. That would be great. Last question before we are done. I know something about you that is unusual. You are an undergraduate student and you are co-president of the executive committee for Minnesota Future Professionals. That is unusual for someone of undergraduate status. How did you get that? Um, it was, it was a lot of, I think, overcoming my fear of I'm the youngest one here on this um, group. So it first started, um, the co-president that I was with actually when we were heads of the NISLA chapter at SCSU, Summer Cuff. She is a wonderful student. She is now a graduate student in the SLP master's program at SCSU. Um, she was actually on the Future Professionals Committee as well as an undergraduate student. And so she would talk to us about how great Mincha was and how there were a lot of resources. So I decided that I would take a look on the website and I actually signed up for the mentorship program. And I saw the opportunity that they were accepting applications for the Future Professionals Committee. At the time, I was not aware that we would be designating positions. I thought we were all just equals on a board underneath a head of that position. Um, And so I applied and I hadn't heard anything back. And so I had actually reached out um, to email the head of the board at the time who was actually moving. Um, And so as it turns out, um, I actually knew the head of the board um, on the Future Professionals Committee and Maddie, that would be you. Um, And so, you know, we we were speaking about the position and what it would entail And you mentioned that you would love to have me on the board. And I think that was the start of a really beautiful collaboration. And so we started these Zoom meetings and I met up with these wonderful other graduate students who are all actually graduate students in master speech language pathology programs. Um, And so again, I was the only audiology student on this board. And I think I just had a moment when we were deciding positions. Um, I didn't want to wait. So I spoke up and... I was practicing rejection, um, something I know you have spoken about to us before. And in my mind, I thought the worst they could say is no. I have many, many years left um, of positions to be in, of leadership positions. I want to be a thought leader and I want to put myself in a position where I can execute those ideas with my peers and I can listen to their ideas and we can all kind of collaborate to bring these resources to other students, the worst they could say is no. I could either (laughs) fail or I can succeed, but either way, I'm on this board with great students and other professionals and I'm learning so much. And so it kind of goes back to NISLA. Um, I was the vice president because I didn't say anything. When we were all at this table figuring out at the first meeting what positions we were going to hold, I let somebody else speak up first. And I wanted to be the president. I wanted to be the leader. 
but I didn't know how. It was a new school. It was a new position, and I just wasn't confident in myself. But I, like I mentioned, I've done a lot of introspection, a lot of thinking, and you know, I figured nothing bad is going to happen to me as a result of me sticking my neck out of trying to be a better version. And so I asked, I said, I would love to be it. But at the same time, if anybody else would love to be president, please let me know. We can talk about this. We'll come to a solution. And it ended up paying off. It definitely did. It definitely did. Everybody that stepped forward easily settled into their positions and everybody's very happy with their positions. And you've definitely risen to the occasion of stepping into this position and making things happen. You sound a lot, you're just, you're a rock star. And I've really never met a student who hasn't had that potential to be a rock star. What words of encouragement would you give somebody who is listening to you and totally, um, I don't want to say intimidated, but she's hearing you and she's like, or he's hearing you and they're like, why I I can't do that. And she's doing these goals and this and that and this and that. And they may not realize that they have that greatness in them. How absolutely what words of encouragement would you give to somebody who is not, who is learning to build their confidence? That is a great question. Um, The first thing that comes that comes to mind is you are sufficient as you are, you are enough. Um, And what I mean by that is I think so often in our field, no matter what field you're going into, there are always going to be expectations of you and you are always kind of expected to rise to the occasion, but it's okay to look back on everything that you have accomplished so far and to give yourself credit for it. You've done that and it's okay to receive help and to ask for help. And it's a great thing to be curious. And I would encourage everybody to continue to seek knowledge, whether that's knowledge about yourself, about future passions, about what you want to go into. There is always going to be a population that needs your help, um, that needs your love and your kindness. But you also need to do that for yourself you are included in that population. And I think um, what you are doing now is a great thing. So give yourself credit for it. Take a moment to breathe and say, I'm here because I'm enough. I am where I'm supposed to be. And this is perfect. And if somebody says no to me, it's only an opportunity for you to go and find something even better. Um, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And so I would just say, Um, believe in yourself. I know that sounds so cliche, but please do it. Please forgive yourself. Um, You know, if you think you didn't achieve enough or a high enough GPA, or if you didn't apply for something in time, reach out because somebody might be willing to make an exception for you. And it's never too late to do what you love to do. And ask and believe. Absolutely. Beautiful words to end on. Thank you for coming on today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to have you back in a few weeks after your interview. I look forward to hearing that. More than one. And I'll be done with my interview, too. I sure hope. (laughs) I'm putting myself out there. What do I do if I can't, if I don't get in? Um, I, I I think I will, though. Knock on wood. I'm seriously knocking on wood here. I believe in myself. You believe in you. 
And absolutely. And the great thing is too, is that we believe in each other, you know, and there's been such a great impact um, that you've had on my life. And I'm certainly taking lessons from you into my own interview. So the best of luck with that. And I will be reaching out again to see how that's gone. Thanks. Take care and we'll talk to you again. Sounds great. today's conversation has created some aha moments for you and motivated you to become a better SLP. Continuing to connect some of those missing links between what you know and how to use that knowledge. Thank you for downloading the missing link for SLP's podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd love you to subscribe, rate it and leave a short review. Also, please share an episode with a friend. Together, we can raise awareness and help more SLPs find and connect those missing links and get the information needed to help them feel confident in their patient care every step of the way. Follow me on Instagram and join the Fresh SLP community on Facebook. Show notes are always available, so come learn more at freshslp.com. Let's make those connections. You got this.